to you a long time ago from a galaxy far, far away. It's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and you will never find a more wretched hive of scum <laughs> and villainy than right here on this podcast. With me this week in Moss Isley's Cantina, that malfunctioning little twerp, it's Chris. Hold on. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Doesn't quite work the headphones, does it? I know. <laughs> and secondly, I apologise, Andy. I recognised your foul stench when we started recording. It's Andy. Ah. <laughs> uh, I kept it as part of the movie, as we always do, because at one point I was going to say, Andy, we're all looking forward to G.I. Jane 2 coming out. Hey, <laughs> you weren't there already. <laughs> Um, I thought... He just his hand coming out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I thought um, in the context of this... We had a whole plan, to... didn't we, Chris, for that? We can't, re- we can't repeat our plan. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, we'll maybe get to that after the podcast. Uh, we're on the 10-point podcast. Uh, you can find us wherever you get podcasts. We've had a little bit more of a break than we were anticipating, but we are back, and we are charging Chris towards the, the end of... <laughs> we are charging towards the end of season uh, season five, and uh, you can find all your ten point podcast needs and wants and stuff at tenpointpodcast.com, and you can find us on YouTube. We are ten point podcast over there. Get in touch, Facebook and Twitter, ten point podcast over there as well, uh, and of course we're a podcast, so whatever you get podcasts, we're there as well. What Just not Russia. We been, what? <laughs> yes. What have we been watching in the last week? I'm going to lead off because I rarely ever lead off. Uh, I don't think, uh, because it's fresh in my mind. I don't want to talk about it. Moon Knight has started. Ah, yeah. Uh, and it is the the Marvel show of the moment. Uh, and well, episode one is all we've seen so far, because it's all that's come out. And while it's nothing we've ever, nothing we've never seen before, like it's, I've got written down here, it's Venom meets The Mummy meets yes. me, myself, and Irene. Hi, it's it's all much. three of... It, that's what this is so far. We've had one episode that was, what, 35, 40 minutes long, something like that. 25 minutes of credits, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah plus 20 minutes of credits. Uh, and I enjoyed episode one because I know zero about Moon Knight. I know absolutely yes. nothing about him. And, and this is the first Marvel show we've had where we don't really know who it is. Like, obviously, Hawkeye wasn't directly about Hawkeye necessarily. And then Falcon Winter Soldier, he was becoming Captain America. But he was still, we'd seen these characters before. So I liked it because I didn't know anything. I go into the episode not knowing anything. And at the end of it, I'm like, aha, right. I now have a base knowledge of what's going to happen, but I really don't know anything yet. <laughs> so whereas in episode one, I quite enjoyed it. How about you guys if you saw it? Exactly the I'm same. I'm looking forward to find out how he got it. Because, like you said, I know I haven't Googled anything about Midnight. I don't know. Couldn't tell you his name, which, whether it's Mark or another one. I couldn't tell Mark. you anything. Yeah. I think it's Stephen and Mark. And then He's Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, Still currently Oscar Isaac. I don't even know me. who the other guy is who, who, with the random scales. I couldn't tell you who he is. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to finding out what happens and how yeah. they're getting integrated into it. Uh, what about you, Andy? Uh, I've got a film which I'll slag off, uh, but people will like it. Uh, Turning Red. Ah, okay, uh, right. I watched that. It's actually pretty fun, but it is just one long period joke. Um, yes. But it's it's very much worth a watch. I think kids will love it, and it's if you like red pandas, Chantel loves red pandas. But for me, it just had an underlying period joke, which it's, entertained yeah. me quite. It's always going to be uncomfortable for men. Uh, yes. I think no, it's, it's going to be. Different. I think we're, we're oh, never going to shake this. I don't think. So, uh... Nicola and the girls watched that. Uh, our mums and obviously her stepdad and our brother were there watched it and they're going, "What? 
what was happening? What, what is this about? And then yeah. it explains it. She's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and they just stuck there watching it for like an hour and a half. But like, yeah, it's, it's good. And it's, it's nice to see Disney kind of going outside the comfort zone. And like I said, it is actually, you get past that, it's actually quite a good film. However, it's, it's, it's Pixar. Yeah, yeah, Pixar, yeah. They rarely miss do Pixar. Yeah. So. But the, the one TV show, it's not a film, it's a TV show that I'm buzzing for. And I need to give praise, just like I did for Peacemaker. Halo. Ah, okay. What a show. That has been slagged off. Something rotten online. However, on episode two now, what a show. Is, oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It's like, spoiler free, it's, if you play the games, you know bits. But if you haven't played the games, you can watch it as well. And I'm sitting there going, that's not part of the game. What the fuck are they going to do now? So already they've changed the story. So it's it's made me excited for it because I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. And I like TV shows where I don't actually know what's going to happen. Yeah. So... I liked it. But the more I talk about it, the angrier I get. <laughs> because I, the him taking his helmet off, spoils. Because that's what everybody's going on about. doesn't bother me whatsoever because he does it in the game, but you just don't see his face. That doesn't bother me. It's other things that are pissing me off. Well, episode two is right up your street because there's a lot of other things, Chris, which is making ah. me just go, ooh. So I highly recommend it. Get Paramount Plus, get your subscription. I don't know actually when it's out in the UK, but still, it needs to come off. Because, I mean, they spent 200 million on it, so it needs yeah. to do well, and I want a season two. Yeah. The, uh, there was more buzz that it was coming than actually I didn't know that it was here. Like, yeah. I, I kinda, it, it's, yeah, episode one came out, it got shit canned, everybody hated it, all the, all the Halo fans were like, oh my god, it's not Halo! It's like, uh, just shut up. And oh, then, the action and shit is awesome. Yeah, so it's definitely worth a watch. It's my, it's my new Peacemaker recommendation at the moment. Well, speaking of that, uh, I watched The Suicide Squad, because Peacemaker was, it was now uh, available to me. So I enjoyed watching The Suicide Squad again. I think it's definitely better than the original Suicide Squad film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, despite the, clearly, we can we can, uh, we can can get Harley Quinn that's trying to fit her in, sort of thing. It, it's a bit forced, but I enjoy that film. I think it's fun. Uh, and Peacemaker, I've only watched episode one so far, because I watched it, and I was like, I can absolutely see why Andy likes this. This is absolutely <laughs> Andy's thing. Like, stamped, okay. up, like... It gets, episode one is actually the poorest episode. It only gets better every episode. Right. It just—it's like a fine wine. It just gets better and better. Uh, it does surprise me where it goes. I'm not I'm not expecting a lot of things that do happen in it and all that. So it, it's—I'm not like oh, what a waste of time. But uh, yeah, it, it's a—I can see where it's—it's it's not perfect. But I will oh, return it to gets it there. And, and give it. It a, gets perfect. Give it another chance. I'm, I'm starting uh, to watch it as well. Yeah, so episode yeah. one, you can see what they're going for. Episode one, it's, it's like John Cena swearing is still already a bit yeah. strange for me. I'm not oh, sure. Like you that. wait, you wait. There's, John Cena does a lot, but but the star uh, of that show is Eagerly, by the way. Just spoiler yeah, alert. again, he's a bit strange in the first one. Is old Eagerly, like oh. it's a bit of a strange dynamic. But yeah, I, I bet he comes into it better. Um, what were you, any, any any more things? I've got one last thing that I haven't okay. seen before. I watched Jackass Forever. Ah. And I liked it, but I found this the hardest one to watch because there's a lot of stuff that kind of freak, like I was like, oh no! I told you. Remember when I reviewed this and I said there's things that I didn't know a penis could do. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the the paddle thing. That was I amazing. know. <laughs> I, I won't say anything else, but I didn't realize I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> At but some point, I'll get ready to see this. The what, uh, poopies is the best thing about it. Yeah, Poopies is one of the new is jackasses, and right, okay. there's there's a few and of them, but Poopies the I warm to straight away. Yeah. Right, okay. yeah. 
And there's one, he gets, a snake is involved, and I found that the hardest thing to watch. Okay. That's all I'll say. Uh, I've watched, because we've been gone for a while, I've watched a million things. Uh, I found, um, since I got uh, got charged for Disney Plus for another year, I thought, right, I'm going to make the most of having Disney Plus. So I've just been sticking stuff on all the time. So once again, I think I am in the top 5% of fans of Iron Man 2 in the world. I really like that film. <laughs> Everybody always has it as like, oh yeah, it's like 16th of the Marvel movies and all that. I love Iron Man 2. I think it's amazing. Uh, so I watched that. Oh, I had that on. To say I watched it is a bit harsh. Uh, I had it on again. I love that film. It's great. It's so much fun. And then having ACDC as the soundtrack also helps. <laughs> but what I did watch uh, that wasn't Disney Plus was I watched The Amazing Spider-Man because of all the Spider-Man buzz. And yeah. I, I don't think I've seen it in years and years and years. So it's the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man film. It's pretty depressing. Like it is not like a fun time, and he spends most of the film just being Peter Parker. Like he's not Spider-Man until know, the last little bit of it, and it's I don't remember it being like that. I remember it being a lot more. Yeah, this is a great Spider-Man film. I didn't. It wasn't bad. But I haven't watched Tobey Maguire ones quite recently. It's like, ah, oh, they're a lot more fun than this one. This is quite dark and yeah. not in a kind of Batman kind of way because it's meant to still be a young teenager guy having a lot of fun. But yeah, not the superheroes for me this week, really. That's, that's, that's all all my things that I've watched. Uh, is that us then? For what we I think so. In, I, what have we been watching? On to point one then in the point for the podcast this week. The point this week. The 1977 action-adventure fantasy sci-fi film Star Wars slash Star Wars A New Hope slash Episode 4 Star Wars A New Hope. Slash, <laughs> it's probably been changed by the time you made this podcast. Yeah, it might be called something else now, yeah. Uh, anyway, the first Star Wars film, you may have heard of it. Brought to us by 20th Century Fox, who we do all the time. Alien, Aliens, Cocoon, Die Hard, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Office Space, me, myself and Irene, Kung Pao, and Gone Girl, uh, and maybe some others. Uh, and also by Lucasfilm who we have done before, because they did Howard the Duck, <laughs> which somehow was the first Lucas film we did. Uh, but we'll see. Written and directed by the aforementioned Lucas, George Lucas. Uh, he wrote and or directed or has credits in writing or directing THX 1138, uh, his kind of first big feature thing. American Graffiti, his second one. And then everything Star Wars, everything Indiana Jones, and then Willow. <laughs> I've got Willow at the end. Because pretty much after he did Star Wars and Indiana Jones, everything else he was ever involved in was to do with them, uh, one way or another. Uh, having directed, I think, three of all of the Star Wars films, George Lucas, but he had writing credits in all of them, mainly just character stuff. But he did write a few. Star Wars, the first one stars Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, uh, famous for Star Wars, being in six of the films and other bits and pieces. Other things he's famous for, he's famous for being the voice of the Joker. He's famous for being in hundreds, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds <laughs> of animated shows and films. As in, I think he might have the highest IMDb count I've ever Ooh. seen. I think he's 349 things or something like that. Which, for comparison, Harrison Ford on IMDb is 82. So uh, that's oh. quite a larger. And then that's really it for Mark Hamill. He's in all the bits and pieces, but Andy, what is the best thing Mark Hamill's ever been in? James <clears throat> uh, and Bob Strike Back as Cockknocker. I, I thought you might say that. I like that <laughs> especially for you. Uh, that's his other main role, apparently. Uh, co-starring as Han Solo, Harrison Ford, the aforementioned. Famous for Star Wars. He was in Apocalypse Now, in between Star Wars, and then Indiana Jones. Uh, and then Indiana Jones and Star Wars are here, repeated appearances for him throughout the uh, 80s, 90s, and onwards. He was also in Blade Runner and its sequel. He was Oscar-nominated in Witness. He's famous for being the fugitive. And then he kind of stopped making movies in the mid-90s and did, like, one every couple of years. 
uh, and the high points being the the I don't know the <laughs> Indiana Jones sequel that didn't go too well, and then Ender's Game to me seems like the last best thing he was in. Expendables. He was like the main, the main adult, and then he was in the Expendables three, uh, but I, I I don't know how much he was in that because I've never seen it. Uh, so that's Harrison Ford, and our third star, Carrie Fisher, known for. Star Wars, being in a whole bunch of them. The Blues Brothers that we did recently. And then pretty much cameos for the next 20 years. Just being essentially, oh, look who it is in one scene in a film here and there. She was in Scream 3 that I saw recently. But Andy, what is the best cameo Carrie Fisher's ever had? Uh, and James and Bob Strike Back. Yes, I thought you might say that. <laughs> I don't know if it was a good one or not, but I just thought I laughed when I found that she was in that <laughs> as well. <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I guess the strike back meant that they, uh, they went for Carrie Fisher. And doing this research has connected something in my mind that I, uh, I, I could forgotten, was that I remembered Carrie Fisher essentially playing the role of the Penguin in something, but not the Batman Penguin, but the Blues Brothers Penguin. And I'm like, because she's not the Penguin in the Blues Brothers. And the fact <laughs> that it's the Charlie's Angels films that she plays a nun in. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, okay, that's where it comes from. So yeah, that's finally connected that confusing thing I had in my head since we did Blues Brothers. Uh, they are our main stars. There are a lot of famous people who are in uh, a lot of films in these. And when I say a lot of films, mainly Star Wars films. Because <laughs> uh, this film made a lot of money, as you will hear right now. On a budget of, initially, $11 million. As in 1977, that's how much money they had to make this film. This film is not as it was in 1977, uh, we can say that. But <laughs> on a budget of $11 million, its first weekend in America opened for $1.5 million. Its final US gross, $461 million. <laughs> final worldwide, $775 million. I think that might never be beaten for return on investment, uh, considering with these numbers, it made over $760 million. Uh, I think that'll be hard to be, even with something like Avengers Endgame, because its budget will be gigantic. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any additional costs for redoing it in the 90s and then redoing it in 2000s <laughs> and all that sort of stuff, but there's at least been a couple of versions since then. Released 25th of May 1997 means it qualified for the 78th uh, awards season and also the 79 one uh, in the UK because it came out a bit later. But at the 1978 Oscars, the uh, Star Wars was uh, well represented. Nominated for Best Set Decoration, it won. Nominated for Best Costume, it won. Nominated for Best Sound, it won. Best Film Editing, it won. Visual Effects, it won. Best Original Score, it won. Best Original Screenplay, it lost to Annie Hall. Best Supporting Actor for Alec Guinness, lost to Jason Robards for a film called Julia. I've neither heard of him or the film, I don't think. Nope. Uh, nominated for Best Director, George Lucas, lost to Woody Allen for Annie Hall. Nominated for Best Picture, and it also lost to Annie Hall. So I think this was maybe the first year where uh, a massive blockbuster is uh, at the Oscars but wins none of the big awards. And it seems a tradition that we've had for the 40 years since, right up to this week, when Dune, massive blockbuster, came away with only technical awards at the Oscars and was the most winningest, I think, on the night that won nothing important uh, beyond uh, like the, the minor technical award, the technical awards, I should say. At the Oscars, Star Wars was awarded a Special Achievement Award for sound effects for alien, creature, and robot voices, specifically. <laughs> so they created a special award to give to Star Wars. So they should have won lightsaber with... noise. That is the best noise ever. Most satisfying noise. <laughs> came away with seven Oscar trophies, if you give it an Oscar for a special one, which I'm assuming they do. At the 79 BAFTAs, as aforementioned, I've not broken out as many down as this, six nominations, two wins, they were for Best Sound and Best Film Music. Again, none of the biggies at the BAFTAs. 
1978 Golden Globes, four nominations and only one win once again for the score. None of the big ones again. But speaking of big ones, the big awards ceremony we all want to know about. The 1978 Saturn Awards. How did Star oh, Wars... Oh, going back then, was it? And what, I, cause when I first got to it, it was telling me about the 2005 for the trilogy and the, something else for this DVD release and all that. And I found, oh, actually, the 78 Saturn Awards were going. So, it was awarded Outstanding Art Direction. It was awarded Outstanding Editing. Awarded Outstanding Set Decoration. Awarded Outstanding Sound. And awarded Outstanding Cinematographer. As in, there were no other like nominees. So, I don't know if they were just like an, given to them again for being so good at Saturn Awards. So there's five off the bat that's given to it. Uh, so nominated for Best Costumes, it won. Nominated for Best Makeup, it won. Nominated for Best Music, it won, but was tied with Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Nominated for Best Special Effects, it won. Nominated for Best Writing, it won. Nominated for Best Actor, Harrison Ford. Nominated for Best Actor, Mark Hamill. They both lost to George <laughs> Burns for the film Oh God. Again, I know him, but I don't know the film. Nominated for Best Actress, Carrie Fisher. She lost to Jodie Foster in The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. <laughs> like a poet, like a, a nursery rhyme or something there. Nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Alec Guinness. He won. Nominated for Best Director, George Lucas. He won, but it was a tie with Steven Spielberg for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And nominated for Best Science Fiction Film. It, of course, won. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 Saturn Awards uh, for uh, Star Wars, uh, before it became a New Hope in Episode 4 and all that. It has 63 award wins in total, including 9 Guinness World Records, uh, to its name, for most money made by this and most money done by that and biggest this and biggest that. Successful film, this Star Wars you may have heard of. Uh, So what is it about? Michael has given us a synopsis here. This might be the longest synopsis yet. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a lot to explain. The, the other next longest one stopped in like the deserts of Tatooine, so I thought that right. was a bit further. In a distant galaxy, eons before the creation of the planet known as Earth, vast what? civilizations have evolved, <laughs> and ruling the, the galaxy is an interstellar empire created from the ruins of an old republic that held sway for generations. It is a time of civil war, as solar systems have broken away from the Empire and are waging a war of rebellion. During a recent battle, technical schematics for a gigantic space station codenamed the Death Star have been unearthed by rebel spies and a young woman who is a dissident member of the Imperial Senate under the cover of a diplomatic mission to the planet Alderaan is trying to smuggle these plans to the rebellion. That's been but five her... minutes, we're still on the same attacked by a vast warship of the Empire and seized. The dissident senator is captured, but the plans for the Death Star are nowhere to be found. While soldiers of the Empire search the nearby planet Tatooine, a series of incidents sweeps up a young desert farmer with dreams of being a fighter pilot in the Rebellion as he winds up with the Death Star plans and also the assistance of an elderly hermit who once served as a warrior of an ancient order whose chosen weapons were powerful energy swords known as lightsabers. (laughs) Full stop. There we go. The pair recruit a cynical interstellar smuggler and his outsized alien co-pilot with an ancient freighter heavily modified for combat to help them reach Alderaan. But the planet is obliterated and now the foursome must rescue the young woman held prisoner by the Empire and lead an attack by the Rebellion against the Death Star before it can annihilate all hope of restoring freedom to the galaxy. Fucking hell. I just handed another can there. (laughs) I didn't need to watch the film, just had to read this. 
Yeah. He made I his own story like, up like, as well. He added points. <laughs> yeah, that bit at the beginning, I'm not sure that was always that was ever established. <laughs> Fair enough. Who picked? Chris did. Uh, Chris, why have you picked this? Well, it's been nearly 100 episodes. We haven't had a single Star Wars one yet. And on a side note, on a podcast first, me and Andy managed to watch it together and play the Star Wars drinking game, which did not win, end well. <laughs> Well, Chris managed to do that, Andy, but you and I arranged to do this before Chris joins the call. And Chris has got a perfect time with this. It has. Where it took, this is the longest. Like, I, I understand why Chris takes like three or four watches because it took us <laughs> about five hours to watch this film. And there was about an hour uh, mop up break because Sean decided to fuck <laughs> a cocktail. <laughs> so, uh, it lo- lo- so well. Was, have you holding it? Yeah. Poof, splattered everywhere. So yeah, long story short, for people that can't visually see Chris doing that, is we made a, a cocktail, and Sean was so drunk, he didn't really know how to keep the lid on the cocktail maker, so we had to make sure his hand was in the top, so he was shaking it vigorously, then decided to put his hand left and right of the cocktail shaker, and then thrust to which <laughs> the top flew off, and absolutely stained his kitchen because we used a special powder to dye it like bright red. Everything in his kitchen was red. It took us an hour to clean up. His dog even his turned pink. Foot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, about five hours to watch this film. Oh my goodness. Uh, we didn't have anything to shot, so we ended up shot in absinthe. Yeah, we did start <laughs> shot in absinthe. <laughs> So, yeah, some, some good notes you guys must have taken during that one. Uh, so what a game to play, the Star Wars drinking game, because you drink every two seconds. It's it was carnage. Uh, Are there a quick couple of rules you can give us? Like, what do you do oh, when? Yeah. Every time Luke winges, take a drink, which is every 30 seconds. That's where, by, by the time they got off of Tatooine, we were fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was even for little stuff, like, um, oh, I know what I go, winge, drink. <laughs> we were literally just calling her any time, like, like, basically, Luke, Talked. It was like hey, he's moaning, he's moaning, and it, surprisingly, <laughs> he moans a lot. Uh, every time we watched the one, the remaster. So any time there was unnecessary CGI, yeah, I did CGI And there was, I think we worked out there was going to be four absinthe shots, but Sean's other half kept trying to hide the absinthe bottle from us. So <laughs> anytime she went to the toilet, we just end up having another shot of absinthe in between. <laughs> just get out of the way. <laughs> So yeah, it's card- carnage watching this film. Uh, so normally I follow up. What, is it, so Chris, uh, is that why you put, it fits with your theme? Oh, it's your theme, yeah. Your theme is, and can you explain why this fits? If it's okay. Well, yeah, now, now I can, since you figure it out. It's got a, a 3D hologram, which is now a thing. And now lightsabers are a thing. So. <laughs> well, some guy made a lightsaber. Yeah, some guy had to make a lightsaber. <laughs> right. That happened in the last few months, so yeah. Oh, I say holograms. Happen this film, but other films like we'll, biotics. And we'll stuff. give them. We'll give them holograms easily. Yeah, Star Wars predicting uh, proper three D holograms. Yeah, and pretty much we're, ours are better than, than Princess Leia was. I would yeah. say. Uh, but this was so, yeah. before. This was before Earth was even created. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have we seen it before? Of course we have. Which channel will we see it on? I've just got all channels. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, They've all two quotations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if it's exclusively on Disney Plus now. I don't know if it's still on television or not, but. Um, because Disney owns it, and that is how I watched it. So the version I watched was the Disney Plus, which I'm assuming is the current, like, in-canon version of Star Wars. This is, yeah. this is what is supposed to have happened. Uh, did, did you watch it on a DVD or elsewhere? No, we were both. I watched right. the... Oh, no, yeah, we, sorry, yeah, we watched the Disney one. We watched the Disney, Disney. one together, but I have watched probably all four versions of this. 
I was trying to ask. Oh, my mind was blown because I got shown Jabba Hutt. Oh, as yeah. A man. We showed him the Jabba Hutt. That blew my mind. <laughs> I was trying to establish this with my dad because I'm not quite old enough to have seen the first Star Wars before. Would it be Return of the Jedi that Jabba returns in? Yes. Because obviously yeah. he was a war man by that yeah. point. So there's no way. Like I was born a year before I think Return of the Jedi came out. But I've somehow seen the version that has just a man in it. Because um, only in one scene anyway. So I'm trying to explain. And neither of us could explain or work out how and when and why I would have seen it. Unless just some random TV channel just had that version. No, because I don't TV. think they actually changed it until, was it 1994? When the, the gold and silver VHSs came out. Mm-hmm. So everyone just had to assume during Empire Strikes Back... It turned into a slug. A slug, yeah. So yeah, yeah so, seventy that scene's not even in it. Like, the 77 version that I watched wasn't even there. Oh, it wasn't really? until I watched the remaster. Okay. Uh, any other this? glaring differences, Chris, <laughs> uh, in your two versions? Was there anything that jumped out as being different? Um, apart from that, uh, just CGI's and... Um, scenes where things weren't moving, now randomly move. Yeah. Uh, and it just looks weird. Also, the color is massively different as well. Oh, yeah, the col- the basically that, yeah. the color that you see now is not the actual color of Star Wars at all. Um, I do have a story and an insider thing. But I, I know where the originals are. Right. Yeah. And, and that person <laughs> yes. will not that person will not give the originals away either. So uh, <laughs> Disney have called them for the originals and they were like, no. So yeah, I know the guy. You do know the guy. <laughs> Uh, so there we go we better get on with it then because we've spent half the podcast not talking about it so far Uh, on a point two on the podcast uh, 30 minutes in uh, the high points what was the best bits and things were Chris uh, why don't you start us off right the very start that iconic opening like you can't go anywhere else with that I mean the music's awesome the floating words are travelling slow enough for you to read so you don't have to keep pausing going what the fuck did that say (laughs) I I it's like uh, uh, important bits are in all caps as well. Yes, yeah. the, the the Galactic Empire and the <laughs> Death Star. Right away, you're like, okay, I know what's happening. Let's go. Yeah. It's it's one of these films. Obviously, it's a big thing that George Lucas did, which was no credits at the start, no long winding intros. Obviously, you got sued massively for that. But it starts off with like, all right, here's some shit going down. This is what you need to know. Then action. That's how all films Can you should imagine, start. Though, that if you got the half of film would be done before the credits were up. Is that many people in it? <laughs> Yeah, because normally when I, I kind of write down the stars of the film as they pop up at the beginning of the credits, but it's like, it just goes straight into this one. I, I do, this is a perfect example of how to just put viewers into a story without having to just like, here's the first scene with this character and yeah. who they are and why they're doing it all. Oh, and back then he was like this and now he's like that. And then the, all the relationships, it's just like, tell you the important bits and you work it out as you go along. Now, obviously... We now know there's three plus stories before this. Yeah. But, but you didn't need time, to know. You didn't need to know. You're just like, here's the film. Like, <laughs> you didn't know it. Like, I went straight onto the ship. People yeah. are running about, like, okay, they're under attack. And you know who this person is? She's doing something with a robot. That's fine. You know, you can't understand what's happening. Oh, this guy looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's what film's missing now. It's, like, it's, it's kind of like why I like Halo like, and stuff like that. I obviously know a bit of the story, but they've changed it so much. And the same with this. It's like, you can go into this film not knowing a thing and it's just dropped you straight into this fantasy world that you can understand. And it's like, yeah. films like that don't do like Interstellar's confusing and complicated. And you've got like all these other new big, when they try and do big sci-fi blockbuster, they try and do too much explaining. You're just like, what? What's that guy's name? Straight away, I know it's like, that's Darth Vader. Even someone like Dune, I found, I can't remember if there was a scroll at the beginning of Dune or not, because I've only seen There's it. There's a lot of it, yeah. I still feel like that was one film and that entire film was 
taken up by introducing everybody and then yeah. oh, the end like to the point where that's another thing we, we wondered about it at the time there's an advert on television that sky movies are like these are our big blockbusters that are coming soon there are three shots of Zendaya from June in this film, including <laughs> one line, and I'm like, that's everything that she's in that film. You've put in the ad <laughs> here, and it's like, oh, it's a scam. Uh, Chris, you've hit my first high point, but I'm going to hit my second high point. R2-D2. I don't think, <laughs> think R2-D2 gets enough credit. I think he is a genius invention, is R2-D2, because you look at him, he's iconic, obviously, now, but you look at him, it doesn't look like there's a little guy in there. It doesn't look like he's a little remote control car. And the little thing has so much charisma, that little robot. Yeah. And you believe he's a character. He never says any lines, but you can always tell what he's on about. Like, it's like why he's agitated or why he's angry. If he's sad, he makes some of the funniest noises in, in all of them. Oh, that's the next one. His scream when he gets shot with that electric gun cracks him <laughs> up every time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think R2-D2 gets the credit for being a great character as much as he does however i think i always forget that the first half hour of this film is an r2d2 story yeah as in he is he is the main character for the first 30 minutes of this film like we don't see like we see princess leia we see darth vader and then it's r2d2 for 20 minutes and it's like i i always forget about that but yeah r2d2 is a big a big high point just how great he is and the fact that he is well one of the very few people that's in all nine films plus others as well I was going to ask about that, but I'm asking about it off the air. I was going to say, how is he... Bob's between the third and the fourth. I can't remember the end of the... the oh, I think that's the biggest problem they've got. I think they get given to Princess Leia's uh, like yeah. adopted dad and gets their right. minds wiped. But then I think R2-D2 might actually not. R2-D2 might be this sudden, oh, he's conscious throughout and he knows yeah. everybody the whole way through i think he is the, the watcher the star <laughs> yeah he's the watcher of the star wars um that's my perception of it anyway any other high points moss eisley's yes like I've i got... only know that name now because of the mandalorian and boba fett yeah, but... yeah i've got specifically the cantina i think yeah. that that is great in moss eisley the special effects like well not even special effects just the practical effects costumes makeup sets just everything it's just like they walk into all it, the different like, varieties of robot uh, yeah. aliens as well. It's it's amazing, and like obviously now Star Wars has a backstory for every single one of those aliens. But at the time, you didn't even need it. It's just like, yeah. holy shit! I believe these people. I believe that could exist. I I believe a guy can have testicles on his chin. It's like <laughs> just <laughs> it looks more like an arse crack to me now. On this viewing, I was like, that's that's an arse. <laughs> He's definitely upside down. I'd like another one. This is this is the first time I've spotted. The guy, I don't know, the, the type of alien whose head kind of goes like that. Yeah. Kind of flat. Oh, yeah. It's like the, I don't know, the, the mayor of Moss Eisley or Moss Espa yeah. or it was in Boba Fett. And this keeps happening to me because I remember I go crazy for, oh, there's like, there's a droid in this film. He's like the droid in the first season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah they're in everything. And I'm like, well, I didn't notice that. Okay. But yeah, they do, they do weave. They must have, what, maybe 20, 25 kind of different kinds of aliens that they keep weaving yeah. in and out. It's quite good. Oh, on a side note, this is our first shot when the guy got his arm chopped off. Yep. <laughs> That's the first absent shot. So. I, I did notice there is a trend of arms uh, coming off. But I'll, I'll get into that a bit later on, about the arms coming uh, off. Yeah, my next one is the introduction of Han and Chewie. Like, you like, you know, instantly you're like, I'm going to like these guys. Just, <laughs> I like the cut of their jib. They just say it as it is. Yep. I, I, again, I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into timelines and all that sort of stuff but it, I felt like 
Obi-Wan Kenobi didn't know Chewbacca, and there was this guy who seemed to be like a kind of, oh, yeah, I, I Ben Kenobi, I will find you this guy, this big Wookiee. He knows a plane that can get you there, because it felt like there was this one guy in between that was like, taking him to, to Chewbacca and then this kind of, in, kind of interim kind of guy helping out. But to my mind, at this point, I feel like Chewbacca and Obi-Wan Kenobi should kind of know each other, but I, I could be very wrong on that. Did they have any scenes together in previous films? No. no. They very much no. kept them apart, even in the Clone Wars and stuff like that. Obi-Wan, that like, even even like when like they talk about the Wookiees and that, Obi-Wan deals with another Wookiee. It's not mm-hmm. Chewbacca. Right, okay. Uh, but it was more of a just I, I just noticed the I just first time I noticed there was a guy introducing him to Chewbacca and I was like, oh, right, yeah. I wonder who that guy is. How he knows everyone. We skipped over one high point, but essentially it's a high point throughout for me. It uh, it never fails to astound me how great the score is in this film. <laughs> like there are do, what, do, maybe, do, 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 <laughs> that's that is a great song. That yeah. is that wasn't part of the score necessarily, but that is incredible and I love that song and that is my my favourite bit of Star Wars music is that. <laughs> uh, the actual films there are like eight iconic bits of Star Wars music that every, like in this film they all have each one seen it's like yes that's that music that's that the bit where he's looking at the twin sons and tattooing yeah, that bit, that bit. Again, is it Empire March which actually isn't this one, I don't think, but that comes into the maybe it's no, hidden it somewhere, but it's in there. There we go, it's in this, and then just every bit, even little twists, and then they overlap a bit of one song with the other, and all that. It's just incredible. And I can see why uh, John Williams won like every single possible award <laughs> for the music, and it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, no higher high point than the, the score in this film, I don't think. Uh, my next one, I, I think there's a lot of little stuff that happened, but. There's nothing great, but apart from the first demonstration of the Death Star's power, and like the Falcon <laughs> coming across the small moon, it's just that's no moon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, it's just it's big, a great scene just to show you, like these guys are fucking evil. Big shout out to the two guys who are my favourite guys in, in this film. <laughs> the two that work in the laser of uh, this. Spy, uh, I found the guy's version of this has ruined it for me. And that's, <laughs> I meant to say at the beginning, I was like, it's really hard for me to discuss this film because. I pretty much know it's Blue Harvest, isn't it? Yeah, Harvest. Family Guy version of this. So I know that backward. Like, I know that like the back of my hand. That the, the guy at the end has just got the gun going, zap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the guy goes, look, sir, droids. Look, a penny. Like that's. <laughs> like, I, I can't. Anytime one of these jokes happens in the real film, I just I automatically fill in the yeah. Family Guy bit. So yeah, it's very hard for me to make fun poke holes because Family Guy's done it. It's like the, yeah. the, the old South Park joke of the Simpsons having done it. It's like Family Guy's done this podcast for us, so it's quite yeah. difficult. Um, but yeah, the Death Star firing and blowing up all the Well, pretty much the, everything on the Death Star is really good. With them on it, with hunt, yeah. well, not hunting for the layer, but fine coming across the layer. The sets and, then... and everything on it. My my right. star high point since you've got the music is mine's is the Millennium Falcon itself. Like yep. that ship, and it's like. It carries on throughout the rest of the Star Wars. Every time you yeah. see that, I get a tear in my eye. But this one is the first one. It's just like, it takes off. It's pretty cool. And it's like, the actual ship itself looks cool. But then even at the end, it's just like, the Millennium Falcon is the true hero. It saves the day. Like, Luke couldn't take that shot. And then suddenly, Millennium Falcon out of nowhere, it's like, ah, oh, it's just such a good ship. I always... That there as well does a great job of explaining Darth Vader coming back. Him just getting flipped away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... What the Millennium Falcon does in this film, I need to change my personal, because I always say that 
when that thing when that happens, it's like Gandalf saving the day in the second Lord of the Rings film. Because so many films do it is, oh my god, our heroes are gonna we cannot do the thing, and then oh here's the other batch of heroes you forgot about to help them. It's like I don't know if this was the first version, but really I, I take away Gandalf and say it's like the Millennium Falcon in the first Star Wars film coming to save the day. It happens quite a lot, and I, in my eyes at this point, this is the first example of that. Um. Chris talks about small high points. One of mine is the scene of Han Solo dealing with the radio. It's really good. We're like, oh yeah, no, sorry, there was a weapons <laughs> malfunction. I just really like that. So again, mixed in with the Family Guy one in my head because yeah. it's one that's on there. But I quite enjoy it. And then in fact, he just goes, he shoots and goes, oh, boring conversation anyway. <laughs> Look, we've got company. <laughs> like, but I just like that he tried to. I'll, I'll try the, 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 the easy option first <laughs> by just discussing it with him. Um, I've only got one high point left, so I can leave it to you guys to do some bits of right, I think all the thing else has been covered for me. Mine's, I've got to say, Princess Leia's outfit. It's like, I know she hated it and there was only one outfit, but what a banging outfit. If you're stuck in one outfit, outfit that's, like, that's a good outfit to have. The, uh, the cinnamon bagels on her thing yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think I paused the, the Carrie Fisher lying on the thing as much as a kid ever. <laughs> Yeah, she's like I don't know who she thought was coming in it's very provocative yeah, and she's, ready, like, and she's ready for like she's almost like she's ready to take a stormtrooper well to be fair I mean she, she kissed her brother so maybe she'll go after her dad as well so <laughs> that was for luck have they changed that at all I feel like it was That's quite for luck. a kiss yeah. on the cheek and yeah. it was weird anyway like it's a straight it's a very movie thing to happen that wouldn't happen in yeah real life and even in space back in the day but yeah that was strange but yeah i didn't feel too creepy i was i, I feel like that's maybe overblown uh, the relationship between them two okay it's so on to my last high point and i have learned through years of star wars and that it's called the battle of yavin and it's yep. very important but i always forget how good it is like yes. it is a really good set piece i guess you would call it and why that's weird for me is there is no music like there is no score for the battle of yavin it's all sound effects it's all radio yep. it's all conversation and then the noises the ships are making and, pew, pew, and all that sort of stuff and then the great noise that the tie fighters make when they fly as well yeah. um and it's i don't know if it's because it's kind of sounds and feels different to the rest of the film but it's a really good and I always like when, I, when you think about it like, oh yeah that's that where they blow the Death Star when they shoot the thing down the hole that's so silly and all that but when you watch it it's like this is great and of course you can tell half of it is like miniatures and all that yeah. it's like yeah, that's not aged brilliantly anymore but with the full CGI around about it it's exceptional the Battle of Yavin it's a, a very good this film is another one that kind of gets better and better as it goes on like like I say when the essentially the Millennium Falcon arrives at the Death Star to the end is, is all really good. Uh, and that's me. Is that us for high points? I think yeah, so. There's too much I to mean, talk about. We probably could do a whole yes, hour of the on high, high points. points. You kind of have to pick and choose here. So on to the low points. Um, I'll start off because my first low point is... Uh, my low points are, again, a bit iffy with this. Some of them are just questions mm. rather than low points. So more more than ever before did i pay attention to like the first scenes in this film like i feel like i just stick on star wars and I'm like, right okay star wars is on and i'll, I'll get it. when it gets into it i'll start paying attention i hadn't realized how chatty darth vader is at the beginning of this movie. Like, <laughs> oh yeah i know he talks a lot like he's talking yeah. to this guy he's talking like all the other films seem to be like it's darth vader and it's like it's the emperor and it's like darth vader and maybe one other person but he's got a whole bunch of mates, a whole bunch of team <laughs> around him, and all it's like he's chatting to everybody, bossing folk around, and all that. It's, just, it's I hadn't noticed how how much he actually has to say. He must talk twice as much in this as every other film. I yeah. Reckon. 
I reckon so. so. It's not a low point. I just noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my low points are all over the bit, but uh, my top one I've got is it's a bit harsh given that the age of Alec McGuinness, but the epic lightsaber. That is. Battle, oh, it's that's my. Bit, it's actually my one and only low point in this film. And it was even before they remastered it and did the prequels and you see them jumping around. And it's yeah. just like, these great two warriors and it's just like, ding, ding. It's like, it's like the can't be just eh. It's like, I've just I've seen just these lightsabers. Like, yeah. Even Luke playing with his lightsaber with the drone is like, oh, that thing's cool. I want to see that. And it's just like, dink, dink. It's like, oh, no. It's so shit. It's kind of like this. It's like, my notes literally say the lightsaber duel was pretty funny. And that's my low point. But it's, yeah. And I still... Don't quite understand why Obi Wan Kenobi did what he did. Like I know he wanted to ascend to be a great Jedi, and it's like, would you not just be as much help? Help. <laughs> yep. Like it was like I'll be a distraction so you can get away. It's a case of oh, oh, oh yeah, they're over there, and all the stormtroopers turn and start shooting the rest of the good guy team, and then he's like, all right, I'll take the bullet now. They're not even off the Death Star now. Kill me. And <laughs> it's like it was strangely played out. But yeah, the actual duel itself is quite funny now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where if you go on YouTube, there's somebody that's done a remastered version of it. Holy shit is epic. It's like that's what I want to see. So yeah. And then just obviously in the context of the episodes in numerical order all the way through now, to see them having a pretty good lightsaber battle in literally the previous film, yeah. episode three, to then this of them being like And we're about to fill in to a, Yeah, we're gonna get filling in more gap in a few weeks' time as well. Where exactly. it's like it, it could make this duel even worse as a low point. I, I wonder how many seasons are we going to get of Kenobi, and is something going to happen to him that means that he's like becomes <laughs> an old man? Because it's not that big a gap, is it? It can't be more than like twenty years. I guess twenty something tattoo. years, yeah. Yeah, so it's like he's gone from whatever old man Kenobi is, say thirty to like thirty odds to fifty odds, and it's like he, it doesn't seems like a very old man at the end of his life at this point. But yes, that's for another time, I'm sure. Um, speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, my first actual low point was the hilarious Obi-Wan Kenobi's alias secret identity situation, <laughs> which is definitely my favourite bit in all of the Family Guy one, which is um, Old Ben Kenobi. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I wonder if he means Old Ben Kenobi. It's like, oh, yeah, like, not one person in the entire empire could have worked this out. Um, but yeah, that's like, surely he could have come up with a different name. Like, how many Kenobis can there be? I was just uh, going to say. Uh, again. Just, uh, keep the name Obi, but call yourself Obi. I don't know Davidson. I Davidson thought that, but <laughs> Obi Davidson. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll stick with. I've got a lot of complaints about Obi Wan Kenobi in this film. I don't know why. Just it annoys me. His version of events concerning Luke's father annoys me. In this film. <laughs> I, I, we're privy to more information than Luke is. This was obviously made before all the rest, but the fact that. He says, oh, I fought with your father and he was killed by Darth Vader, a former pupil of mine who turned to the dark side. It's like, you could just say it's the same guy. Like, you, like if you at this time thought there were different people, which I don't know if that's what George Lucas was planning or whatever, or if the whole time it was always meant to be Anakin Skywalker, it doesn't really fit. He's being unnecessarily a pain in the arse, is Obi-Wan. He's trying to save him just... from being like, oh my god, my dad's a bad guy. Well, yeah, it was like, okay, I, I want I want to be a Jedi, okay then, but look out, Darth Vader's your dad, sort of thing. <laughs> it's like, why spin this yarn about, oh yeah, your father, he was killed by Darth Vader? Because that's going to make you want to go kill Darth Vader, who is his dad, which ultimately he does attempt to do. So, uh, mixing behind the scenes is old Obi-Wan. Anyway, I'll get any low points. Uh, I never I've noticed got... this before, but 
when Luke comes back from seeing his mum, his, uh, sorry, his aunt and uncle are dead, C-3PO's just like lobbing Jawas into a burning pile. <laughs> <laughs> I, well. I don't know why, but yeah. I kept thinking, I don't remember how he finds them again. Like, Luke abandons, like, God, my house will be on fire. Goes back, and then the, uh, Hobart is just like chilling. Well, C-3PO <laughs> burns dead bodies next to him. Monster. <laughs> and then R2-D2 just standing next to the fire, just looking at it as well. <laughs> Um, what's my next one? Again, it's, a, it's like a, a fault. Like, the garbage scene, they're all like standing ankle deep water, and out of nowhere, Luke finds the Mariana Trench and just goes down. <laughs> the inept dealing with the monster in the trash compactor, where <laughs> there's a monster in here. No, there isn't. Something moved by me. <laughs> Let's all just stand still until one of us gets grabbed, and then, like you say, <laughs> like knee deep. And then Luke disappears. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? And then he comes back up being throttled, and the rest of us are like, what is happening in here? Like, <laughs> right. It's time It's time for me to knock out the old... The, it's an oldie, but a goodie. Sewers. Right. <laughs> this is still under construction spaceship here, okay? And... I get it still building, but... Who's throwing all that shit down and, like, they, they should be putting that straight into space, surely. Like, why is it full of water? Who's throwing water down and, like, recycling? That's, that's bullshit. That's a piece. That's just bin juice. Why is, why is there a monster in the bin juice, then? That, I don't know why there's a monster. <laughs> like, how old, like, well, I suppose, the, I think the Death Star takes about 20 years to build, so okay, it's got some wear and tear on it. But Maybe they're waiting for it to get filled up, because it is a big, massive trash compactor. But if I was a stormtrooper and Binjay going, there's a monster in this, we should really empty it. I'd be like, yeah, bear ads. Somebody might fall into that and get eaten by a monster. It's a trash compactor. So yeah, they might have to empty it. Like Exactly. Like, you're not just storing all of that in there. And if you are, it didn't seem like it was on like the edge of the ship that they could just take it out. It seemed like it was quite in the middle of the ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, there's a monster living in it. Does the monster eat the rubbish? I don't know. That maybe maybe that's why they put it in. Maybe. But, again, like... It's like, where did the monster go when it's getting compacted? So, but also, like, it's 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 my ultimate high point, and it's been parodied on everything, especially Clerks has brought this up. The rebels killed a bunch of innocent people in the Death Star. Like, it was still yeah. under construction. I don't know. Isn't it the third one or something? I think this one was finished because they were testing it, like it was built. Yeah, they're still testing I... it, but they're still going to have people on there. They're still know, probably still like painting the other to one, do. You can see it's still getting built, but this one was fully. I think this one. I think nah. good, but you're right. There'll still be like not civilians or something. The people working in the canteen, yeah, be joiners. Like, Lady Doris, yeah, just the, like, their chips. the guy. Unless it's the droids, someone must mop the corridors, and maybe the droids do the mopping. I don't know, but yeah, there, there will be innocence to a certain extent. Yeah, the rebel like I oh, just fuck it up. And it's like okay, I get the point, but maybe not blow it up. Maybe disable it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or take it over. Like yeah, I, I don't know. You do some way capture the boss and get everyone to leave. <laughs> We've skipped over a massive low point for me, which is the unnecessary CGI edits. That's my last low point. <laughs> it's like it, it essentially ruins the kind of half of what's on Tatooine because George Lucas is like, oh yeah, we should totally make the Stormtroopers <laughs> ride on lizard things there, and then Banthas. let's make giant dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of frog Junior. things yeah. or whatever they're called. Yeah, and then giant dinosaurs in <laughs> in the middle of uh, Mos Eisley, and then every shot for a while. And at one point. I could be wrong. They're driving their car and then they CGI something yep. to walk and block yep. the shot. Now, yes, what they they're do. covering it, but is it, do we know why that was happening? There, there is an actor who walks past at that point in the original 
and they wanted to edit him out for some reason. So I don't know if he was one of one of those. But they put the big they put the dinosaur in front to cover that person up. It's, it's, it's really weird. It's like I've never seen it happen yeah. in a film before because it goes on a bit longer than it needs to. Like yeah. just flash. But yeah, I like, feel if they had just remastered the original as is, didn't add anything else that was it's unnecessary. The, it's it's hand walking around Jabba every time he gets me. It's like oh, oh this does not look good. That is yep. the worst. It is that it is unnecessary. It's they could like, have just cut away and just had him talking off screen. Like just cut to Boba Fett just going. Ah. Well, he's saying <laughs> it. Has Boba Fett always been there? Yes. He, was he added in at some point too? No, he's always remember. been there. Right. I wasn't sure if that was another edit of in Empire Strikes Back we invented Boba Fett. Oh, let's go back and we could stick him next to Jabba the Hutt in that film because yeah. I don't didn't ever remember being there. Right. So he's always been there. That was a, that was one of my questions. Uh, we've covered quite a lot here. Um, right. We just start moving on as well. Well, well this is already going longer, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi sacrifices himself. For the greater good, and Luke is really cut up. Like, oh, I can't believe he did that. Oh my god, I can't believe he didn't give a shit about appearance. Legal guardians, he oh, I'm, I'm, Fuck I'm that. Do you think he knew Obi Wan Kenobi more than two days? Because I think that's my estimate. Uh, well, yeah, it's about he that. Kind of knew I think he went and visited them. No, I think he was. I think he was just. I think Obi Wan was a bit, a bit too friendly with Luke. I would say. God. <laughs> Peter Files one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think he knew him, but not not well. He's just the, the weird old guy you go down and get some sweets off of. You know the innocent times well, when you can do that. Of the Kenobi thing, he's watched them through binoculars. Exactly, <laughs> and he's bedging. Yes. Oh, that's what. Right. He's known him. Really calm. This guy he barely knew. But yeah, uh, and my last low point. Luke claiming that this is like bullseyeing womp rats is a giant red flag from <laughs> sadist. I kind of lost that, but it's sort of found the guy now because why do you why do you bring me in like that? You can you have just said it's easily done, but you had to, you had to point out my faults <laughs> or whatever it is. But yeah, I think he's a secret psychopath, is Luke yep. That's where he turns to killing the innocent animals, doing, yeah, doing stuff like that. Unless my other, my other theory on it would be that he is a farmer, so they might cause problems with his farm. So it's like shooting I don't know foxes or something and bothers yeah. farmers so it could be like that but the way he was talking about it it's like oh <laughs> you're a bit weird any other low points i feel like we could go on for ages with these as well nah they'll be, be silly little fun nitpicks anyway so on to the stats uh there were no shits and there were no f-bombs however r2d2 was warned about his language so i think he did drop an f jump at me c-bomb Maybe fifty-three explosions. This is. I went for substantial. Anytime someone shot a blaster and it made a puff of smoke on the wall, it wasn't counting that. But fifty-three explosions, deaths, fifty-five deaths for death. <laughs> Did Obi Wan Kenobi die? Does that count as a death? Yes. Uh, I would say he ascended. Yeah, I'm not sure he died necessarily. So fifty-six if you include him. Google tells me. Congratulations. <laughs> The population of Alderaan is 2 billion people. So yeah. there's 2 billion. And Google also gave me a whole bunch of specific numbers. I don't know how. I don't know how. This, but for the Death Star, roughly 1.5 million people on the Death Star. Which seems like, that seems like a high estimate. But it's, it's no, a small it's moon. Big, it's a small moon. It's pretty big. So it looks like north of like 2.001 billion people died in this film. <laughs> which is not a record. Because Starship Troopers, everybody on Earth died in Starship Troopers, plus a whole bunch of other people, and even the bugs, if you want to include them as well. So, yeah, Starship Troopers might not be caught. Uh, our quotas uh, any dead animals, 
Alderaan must add a couple, I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Rats. But other than that, yeah, what Brad's got, got bullseyed. But I don't actually think we saw any animals getting killed at any point. Uh, no cows, no goats, not even space cows. We'd face milk, blue milk, but no space cows, space goats. No peeing that I could tell of, but I bet the trash compactor probably had some. I think that's what Lucas doing is he's looking at the sun, he's having to be peed in the face. <laughs> 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 not bad. Uh, piles, I had none. Uh, I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll have to wait for Obi Wan. Motives. I don't think the devil was involved, and there were no KKKs or Nazis, but stormtroopers are based on Nazis. So if you wanted to shoehorn that in there, we can. Luke Skywalker appears 17 minutes into this film that he's the main character in. Obi Wan Kenobi appears 30 minutes into this film he's main character in, and then disappears about 25 minutes before the film ends. So we get very little Obi Wan Kenobi. Han Solo does not appear until 48 minutes in the film, and he is the second build actor at the end, is Harrison Ford, 48 minutes into it. In my version, which I've learned is Disney Plus, and you watch it as well, Han and Greedo shoot at the exact same time, and yeah. Greedo somehow misses from point blank range across the table. Uh, some bounty hunter is Greedo. <laughs> uh, did you notice any different on the other version you watched, Chris? Or was Original, it... yeah, Han shoots, and that's it. Yeah. There's nothing else to it. Yeah. 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 So. I feel like, yeah, that's the, one of the other differences as well. He literally goes, bang, there's no question Han shot first Which I think it's better I like Han Solo having just shot him that makes more sense and did they say the thing did they say Star Wars or even did they say A New Hope in this nope. film they didn't no they said the word hope like it brings us hope or something like that or we have hope now but Star Wars nope never once mentioned Chris I expected you to come with some thunder here so Chris, yeah we have it. one Wilhelm scream this is the whole reason I picked that scream <laughs> <laughs> it was a Stormtrooper Falling from their classic cowboy movie shootout that they have, where it's like, yeah. pew, pew, and then they shoot, but it's like no one's actually anywhere near anyone with their shooting. It's hilarious. Um, Luke moans about 30 times. I counted all that. I, was, I wasn't well, being as shots. nitpicky as I was during the thing because literally he rolled his eyes. It's fucking moaning. Drink. <laughs> so I wasn't that nitpicky, but it's about 30 times. And I was going to do other ones, but I fell asleep and lost track of count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so classic. Was... Oh. Cla- yeah. Well, I, I fell asleep during the second viewing. <laughs> um, the lightsabers go up and down 11 times. Is that many as that? It doesn't, doesn't feel like that many. Sometimes, like, Darth Vader's is already up. And then you don't actually see it go down. Pornographic scenes next, Chris. You've got the gun on those pornographic scenes. <laughs> um, I think I already uh, called it. <laughs> uh, yes, Andy, well, most pornographic scene. I'm, I'm actually going for the lightsaber. The first time Luke picks that thing up and just turns it on, it's like, oh, what a noise. You say that, but it's quite blatantly, 1977, it's like, it's off. It's like, like they move just so slightly and it's one now. It's not, not a good uh, You know what? The one. best noise for me is the first time you hear the Millennium and Falcon take off. Is that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. The first time it was TIE Fighters for me, I thought they sounded awesome. Yeah, TIE Fighters always sound good. Okay then, on to the quiz. Andy, you are the quiz master. 10 point podcast quiz. Right. Five. So, I decided, since we all know Star Wars, that we'll do a Star Wars quiz. I'm going to get um, up here, I know. Which is a hard one. So, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll take the first hit. Right. Chris is going first. I'll put mine all right. so like anytime it's the other way around uh, <laughs> so it's basically just back and forth back and forth if it gets passed over you get a point blah 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 same rules okay, as another okay. quiz Go. question one what is the name of Princess Leia's ship 
fuck. <laughs> oh, no, he's, he's going right between the lines. Um, I don't know. Um, her Fortress of Solitude. I don't know. Tantava <laughs> 4 or something like that. I didn't offer it over because I was not getting that. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I didn't offer it because you were like, oh, fuck no. So, yeah, it was tan- Tantav 4. Something 4. Go with that. see it. There's a bad <laughs> Yeah. I didn't say this one was easy, but however, Bruce did land on an easy question. Uh-huh. <laughs> what had taken place right before the opening scene? So, if you'd watched yeah. a film beforehand, ultimately, oh. what was that film about? Some spies had stolen the Death Star codes and sent them to Princess Leia's ship, and then they had escaped from another Correct. ship or something like Yes, like, they'd stole the Death Star plans. Basically, Rogue One. Yes, basically, Rogue One. Oh, I thought Rogue One. Chris, slightly harder. How how were Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru really related to Luke Skywalker? Now, I want specific. Get this one. Um, were they not. Uh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Bruce. Remember. So, Uncle Owen is the son of Anakin Skywalker's mother, but with a different father. Or with an ha- father half, brother of Luke, half brother of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Anakin Skywalker. Half brother of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you were right. So that's, that's an extra point for you. <laughs> right, Bruce. Uh, which one? Where well, it's hard for easy ones to do it again. So obvious. No, it's not. Right. Luke Skywalker believes his father's occupation was. What does Luke Skywalker believe his father's occupation was before Obi Wan told him the truth? Oh, I don't know. I guess just a soldier is what I would have guessed. Nope, Chris. Uh, was he not a uh, fight in the rebellion? Nope, he was a navigator of a spice frigate. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Right. Or Chris, nice easy one for you. According to Obi-Wan Kenobi, what town is referred to a wrench of hive of scum and villainy? Los Angeles. Correct. <laughs> See, they're not all hard, Chris, they're not all hard. Right, Bruce, gets a little bit harder mm-hmm. unless you've been paying attention. How much did Han Solo want to fly Obi and Luke to Alderaan? I know what they agreed on. I know it was 17,000 when they get there. Was it 2,000 up front? That, that's what the agreement was. But I can't remember any more than that. That's my numbers, I'm afraid. That's my best guess. Chris? Han wanted 10. Correct. Point for you. Han oh. wanted 10. Chris's next question, what? which Bruce totally fucked up. How much did Obi-Wan actually offer? <laughs> oh, no. He offered two up front and then the rest afterwards. What was the total? 15. So 17 total. 17,000, yes, I'll give you it. Right, <laughs> right. Bruce, right. try not to read out your thoughts. <laughs> that, that was my answer. <laughs> <laughs> what alien species is Greedo? Oh, uh, I watched Clone Wars not long ago, and so I kind of know, but... Oh, I might have it. Mm, I think it begins with an N, but I don't actually have a guess, I'm afraid. So, yeah. Chris? Oh, no, it's not. I was thinking of uh, Rodanian. That is correct. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the one with the big eyes that's in the. Chris was right. Right. (laughs) Chris, which one of these actresses did not, that's did not, audition for the role of Princess Leia? Was it Carrie Allen? Was it Jodie Foster? 
Or was it Meryl Streep? Uh, I'm going to say Carrie Allen, because I don't know who Carrie Allen meant. Karen Allen? Karen Allen. Allen, yes, that's what I meant. Oh, was that her from um, Indiana Jones? Aye. I'll go for her. No. Chris, he's now knocking into 50-50. Like right. Was it so Jodie, Jodie Foster, Foster or, or Meryl Streep? I'll guess Jodie Foster. No, but it was actually Meryl Streep. She did not. <laughs> the other oh, two that was actually really obvious, because that's... <laughs> So that's going to be on my last one. Not to pick. Uh, who, who am I with, Bruce? A couple more. Uh, Bruce. Right. George Lucas originally wanted which famous voice actor to voice Darth Vader? Famous voice actor? Who was a famous voice actor back in the 70s? What's it called? I do not know. Okay, Chris. Uh, yeah. So well, it's passed over. Yeah, it was not Frank Oz, which is why he played Yoda. It was not Frank Oz. It was the famous Autobots rollout, which was Orson Welles. Ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, okay. It would be funny, though, if, if Dark Vader <laughs> sounded like Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> right. Chris, Chris, Chris. Chris right. first, yeah. One yeah. more each. Uh, la, la. What's Luke Skywalker's designation during the Battle of Yavin? What? Ah. Oh. Um, I think I know. Is he red one? No. Bruce? Is he, is he red five? He is red five. Ah! Yeah. Right. Uh, is it one more each? Uh, 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 this is Chris last Harris, one now. I get a tie. Oh, yeah. so right, you get a tie. Okay. What is the name of the Imperial officer Darth Vader chokes out because he finds his lack of faith disturbing? What is his name? I'm not looking. I've got my MDB page, so I'm not looking at it. Um... So it's not Tarkin because he's the good one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like silver or something like that. I don't know. Nope, Chris. Steve, I don't know. It, it was Admiral Moti. Moti. Okay. Moti. I wouldn't have got that. Chris wins. wins I would say. Chris wins. Huh? Yeah. My my other one was what is the connection? Uh, what connection does Ewan McGregor have to Dennis Lawson? Uh, is that his uncle? Or is he nephew, 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 yes. Yeah. Which was Wedge and Tilly's, since why will be one Kenobi's now all there. So there you go. Chris wins the Star yeah. Wars quiz. Chris wins the Star Wars quiz. It's a good one. Some actual <laughs> Star Wars knowledge coming out there. Yeah. And, and lack thereof. Uh, on to point six, movies within movies. Uh, I cheated <laughs> for this one. So bear with me. Because uh, pretty much, I, I I don't know. I didn't know really any of this. Well, Star so. Wars like the Trailblazer is set up. Yeah, ev- everything. Well, it's still everything from way, westerns. <clears throat> well, I'll get to that as well. Um, this the connection page is bigger than Mark Hamill's been in page. <laughs> I have never scrolled so far to get by. Well, it's like uh, followed by, or something like that. and then it's spoofed in, spoofed in, spoofed in, spoofed in, spoofed. In, spoofed. Like it's, it's this is spoofed in absolutely everything. And I finally got to references that Star Wars made. So references in Star Wars, C-3PO is designed like the robots from the film Metropolis from the 1930s. He looks like the robot from that. Um, Luke's entire arc is basically uh, the young guy in Seven Samurai. Uh, so him going off, yep. which is a lot of the lightsaber battle stuff is all based on 60s and 70s Japanese cinema. So there's so many references that I do not get from Japanese cinema and all that. And like Andy says, a lot of Westerns in terms of the setups and character types and what happens. And Are you going to go to the actual, actual what story this is just ripped right off of? 
Uh, I might do. I'll get there. Uh, <laughs> all the references. You can tell me at the end if I don't get to it, Andy. The Damn Busters. That was, uh, George Lucas says the attack on the Death Star is taken, essentially lifted from oh, the yeah. first. Um, the Searchers. I don't know if that's it. That's a cowboy film, Luke's Farm, and him returning home to find it burned and his parents and all that dead is uh, is from that. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is a lot of the scenes on Tatooine uh, from the cantina to the, out in the desert. CCPO and R2D to go through the desert was very much like that. 2001, A Space Odyssey came before this, so some of the spacey stuff was lifted from that. I don't get them because I've never seen it, but THX is a 1138, or look at other film, has got little yeah. references dropped in everywhere, apparently. And then The Getaway uh, apparently inspired the trash compactor scene in that movie, some characters get away in the back of a bin lorry. Uh, so the trash compactor scene is like that. And that is me, Andy. So what film is this a straight lift uh, of? I can't remember. Something Fortress. <laughs> could probably find it when we got onto someone else's yeah. goal. It's, uh, so it's something Fortress, I'm pretty sure, and there's a, another Western, which is the kind of standoffy thing. But yes, yeah, can't yeah. remember, something Fortress. I'll, I'll have a wee look when it is uh, Chris's goal. Uh, Never Not Good, this one was hard for Never Not Good, because a lot of the stuff that Star Wars does that is good, films try to do and then don't do them good. Yes. So I've just gone for the good old trusty lightsabers are always good. Because <laughs> even in this film, they don't do much with them, but it's still pretty good. Uh, Chris, the TPB universe. Yeah, well, <laughs> the late, great Carrie Fisher was most recently seen for us in uh, The Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I nearly forgot about it. All the way back in season two, she was in the burbs. Yeah, my most forgotten film. Yeah, at the most, I think more people have been in that in this section than any other film. <laughs> I, um, I almost missed this one. I don't know how, but James Earl Jones is uncredited in this, amazingly, and he was also uncredited in Judge Dredd as the narrator. Yeah, tell he he read the Star Wars style scroll at the beginning of <laughs> yeah. Judge Dredd, and I rattled through a lot of folk, and there's a lot of. There's like a hundred odd people in this <laughs> film. Plus, the only one I could be bothered stopping at eventually was Angus McInnes. He played uh, Gold Leader, and he was Judge Silver in Judge Dread. Where I'm getting Silver his. from, I think, for my answer earlier on. <laughs> yeah. there, there was a lot of other people as well. I went through loads, so I, if I've missed somebody, then there are more people uncredited in this film than credited. I think. Yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah, I I, I do the line of Angus McInnes as well. Okay, I was like, that'll do. Those three. There we go. Um, there are. I did find a couple of randoms that are like, oh, that's a film we might do, and oh, that's a film we might do. So yeah. we'll all come back to this, I'm sure. Uh, but yes, yeah. yeah, have you recast us, Chris? Uh, I had. I forgot to do that, but quite an easy one. Uh, I was going to make myself look, but then I remember he kisses his sister. I don't want that. I mean, you'll be me. I don't so know why. I'm I mean. going to make myself uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, I'll make you. I was going to make you Han Solo and Andy. No, actually. I think I was gonna make Andy Han Solo and you look, but do you know what? I'll make Andy Darth Vader and I'll make you Han Solo. <laughs> I think I'll take Han Solo. I went Obi Wan Kenobi. I thought I'm very Obi Wan Kenobi. I thought the the beard might be Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. I did you look? I did Andy as Chewie. I feel like him and Chewie would get on like I was on fire. <laughs> I like to rip arms off. I am really struggling here because there are so many films linked to this that I can't actually get to the references <laughs> section. Uh, Andy, have you recast anybody in this film? No, because I don't do that. Oh, you, you recast. Well, you take somebody out and put somebody else. Yeah, well, I don't recast cast us. Yeah. No, so base, basically, what I would do to make this film like it needs a remaster. Let's face it; it's not been remastered enough. Game? Yes. Another one. Yeah. So I reckon in three to four years' time, we take Alec Guinness out and put you McGregor in. Oh, and I, then, I thought that. that'd be good. And and then we fix the entire lightsaber battle and have one more 
epic final battle so that I can rewatch Star Wars A New Hope again. Because I don't <laughs> feel like I ever need to watch this film ever again, because I've watched it so many times. Yeah. So that would make me rewatch it one more time. What was your the, the one word we had to Fortress this Western? Fortress. So I've got the Searchers, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, the Secret Empire, Outland, and then that's that's me going. I mean, Secret Empire even wasn't it. So I don't think it was a Western that was called that. Maybe it's one of the Japanese films that's called that. But, uh, uh, Hidden yeah, Fortress find... is called. Sorry, there you go. There we go. So got there. Google yeah. probably did it rather than... Yeah, the Hidden Fortress, pretty much scene for scenes lifted out of it. Well, there you are. Uh, cool, then. Are we on to Chris's Would You Rather on point seven of the podcast? On you go, Chris. I'd rather yeah, have a lightsaber. No. <laughs> uh, would you rather give Darth Vader bad news or upset Chewie? Oh. Upset Chewie because at the end he's a nice guy. Whereas yeah. Vader, Vader might just choke the shit out of me. I know. Yeah. Like, you walk up, I'm sorry, Vader, I dragged your last can of iron brew. Blech! Yeah. To death. But Chewie may oh, just sorry, hit me and throw me across the room, but I'll still survive. That. Exactly. I think so. Well, I think Darth Vader. I think he's a bit more of an unknown quantity of Darth Vader. He could do anything, but I think Chewie would be all right. Yeah. The difference between the light side and the dark side, I would imagine. That would I, I was going to do that one. That seems too obvious. So I can't. <laughs> they made a point of saying some guy gave Vader Darth uh, bad news. He got choked, and like he never upset a, a rookie. So that's why I went for that one. Yeah. I imagine going so. up to I Vader and going, "We've actually run out of your asthma medication." Fucking <laughs> hell! He'd be pissed. I'll just take your <laughs> Imagine you're the guy who was like, "Don't shoot at that little pod that's just fired out their ship." There's no life forms on it. Yeah, that can't be important. Like, oh, actually, sorry, Darth. Uh, yeah, that had. I think that robot. I mean, they, now, they had to be, the, the to be fair, it's pretty topical now. How what's going on with uh, Russia? Nobody wants to wants to give Putin some bad news. It's like it's not it's not going as well as they thought. These uh, Ukrainian <laughs> farmers have been stealing our tanks. <laughs> yeah. Putting force choking the fuck out of people. <laughs> okay, then. Imagine how just sitting in a chair with this helmet getting loaded down. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to fly through the rest of the podcast to keep this short. So, nominations for the 10 Point Podcast Awards at the end of the season. I'll run through what I've got. Best song is definitely the Cantina Band song. The, the, I put Imperial March. Uh, if you want to go properly, I'll do that. But yeah, in terms of the can't, can't oh, so it's two gets one. Like he's, I'll, I'll accept. Mine's is the ceremony <laughs> march, so mine's the end ceremony song. So well, I have got the best, right. best score. I have said Don Williams needs a shout out. Yes, yeah. score. We do it does exist in our award ceremonies. Best supporting actor. I'm going Harrison Ford. He's not in it a lot. He's I really him good. As best actor. Yeah, because he got nominated for best actor at yeah. the Saturn Awards there. But I'm like, I don't know if he's. He's not the, not the lead actor, he's not in it very much. So I, I put him as best supporting, whereas Alec Guinness is not in it enough, really. My best uh, supporting is um, James Earl Jones' voice. <laughs> point. Uh, best fight, if it counts, I'm going the Battle of Yavin. If we can I'd say that's a, that's a battle fight, yeah. Star battle, yeah. yeah, I'm going that. Best sets, I'm going for like the interiors for the Death Star for the best sets, but I can be argued down from that. I'm not going yeah, to die say, on that hill. Yeah, I'd say they're clean, they're fresh, they don't look as rugged as the, the old Falcon behind me. Yeah, okay, maybe Falcon then. Okay, uh, I've got best special effects and then I've left it blank, so I'm taking bids on what the best <laughs> special effects in the film because I don't have an answer. I'd say lightsaber, if you're going based on the pure original. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a bit of tinfoil that made that look like that. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, I've got best plan. I've got them actually rescuing Princess Leia. Their, their plan being dropped in. Like they did not plan to be in the Millennium Falcon, and then they found out she's here. Their plan of going getting her and then leaving was very effective. So I'm saying that that's the best plan. Although ultimately, winning like blowing up Death Star was 
success as well. Uh, I think that was a good plan. Done the score. Best voice work, which is an award we have. James Earl Jones, uh, okay. I think, has to get that. Best entrance, Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> made all the better by having seen the film beforehand yeah. or the film just beforehand. Best Jimmy, James Earl Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. I don't know if you'll thank me for that. Uh, worst, I'm in the worst categories now. I only have one nominee of anything. Worst worst special effects, and that's the CI, CGI on Tatooine uh, and whatever you want to pick. Most annoying kid, if Luke Skywalker counts. Yeah, he's, he's still a kid. <laughs> Most obvious name, Old Ben Kenobi. It's <laughs> a bit of a pick of a new nickname, Old Ben. Uh, and then I've got down to, I couldn't get a stupidest character. I, I tried, but no one jumped out as being especially stupid. So the eight hour prime awards from the 10 point podcast. Best line, I recognised your full stench when I came on board as a belter of a put down. Best inanimate object. Lightsaber. Yeah, has to be. Yeah, there's a has to be has to be a lightsaber. Death Star maybe, but uh, lightsaber wins it, I think. Uh, and best bell end. Darth Vader's the obvious one, but I think Grand Moff Tarkin is a great. Ah, uh, see, I was yeah. somewhere different for this. My right, biggest okay. bell end is CCPO because he's just a morning prick. <laughs> <laughs> My best bad guy, however, is Grand Moff Tarkin yeah. because Vader just killed four or five people, but he is responsible for the murder of billions. Yeah. Two billion. Yes. Yeah. So uh, uh, he's not best bad guy. Yeah, he's he's very good at being, and he's, he's so like weaselly and it's, uh, ugh, it's gross. And that, that's me done. So Chris, have you got more? Carry on. Uh, I don't forgot category. Worst kiss. Looking later, is there's just no need for it. <laughs> we do have worst kiss. Okay, uh, there you go. Add that one. That's it. I'm oh, pretty okay. much you've covered me off as well. Yeah, it was there was quite a lot. It not too drastic. I don't think jumping out, but it's quite a few best things. costume Vader. Ah, okay. I think, I think that's one. Yeah, that's not too bad. Take that one too. Uh, on a point nine, the moral of the story, I still don't have one written down. So, uh, Chris, you said you had one. So, uh, uh, yeah, the moral, hand shot first. Hand shot first. <laughs> or in your one, hand shot only. In your one. <laughs> exactly, there you go. The moral of the story for me is just use the force. I feel like that's the whole point of the film was, like, yep. Luke Skywalker was supposed to find the force and then when it, once he did use the force, they won. And hey, there we go. So, I guess... <laughs> Be spiritual or believe in <laughs> something greater. That sounds like a bad thing. Moral story: use force. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> use force. <laughs> That's uh, what Will Smith did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mine's is don't look down a deadly weapon before you do what it does. So <laughs> I don't don't point a lightsaber towards your face or don't look down the barrel uh, of a gun. I don't feel like. When he was first practicing with it, C-3PO powered off randomly. I don't know why that was in the film. Why necessarily? Like, oh, do you mind if I power down now? Okay. It was very close to just taking C-3PO's head off. With that, like, so would Maybe that's why. Uh, okay, on to point 10, our 10-point rating. We rate the movie out of 10. Chris, you are first in my little list here. Uh, well, after watching both versions, um, the remastered one looks, well, on Disney, looks amazing. I just feel like adding random little critters for no reason it's just pointless yeah. and it's unnecessary it just takes focus away from the actual film um but crap where am i other than that like there's a reason this has become the biggest franchise ever because this one film and like i've never noticed yeah um plus i've got so much written here he's gonna he's getting emotional <laughs> yeah, he's crying i don't know much of a, hmm? I, don't, it's, it's I never noticed how much of a windy little bitch that luke is but um, and it's a little smid- slow in like some places, but it's a great film, and I could I could watch this again and again and again because it's so good. Uh, I'm giving it an eight. Eight from Christopher. I've got me as being next. 
Uh, I'm not going to write anything written down like Christmas here. It's Star Wars, what do you want from me, would be my answer. Um, <laughs> it's, this is a film that's hurt by its own success because it's really good, but then there are at least a couple other Star Wars that are better than it. So it kind of knocks it down a bit. It, this is, of all of the Star Wars films, this is the one I forget how good it is until I watch it. And I'm like, ah, it's just really good. And then, oh yeah, that one's better. And then that one's better. <laughs> like, and it gets knocked back down again. So I'm also going with an eight because... There are some faults, but it's pretty damn good. And like I said, it started billions worth of pounds worth of um, revenue for people. So, yeah, it has to be good. Andy? Uh, the only thing I can add is this is my childhood. This is my life. I made a living off of this shit as well. Uh, however, there is better ones. Shout out to Caravan of Courage, the Ewoks movie. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> however, I'm agreeing with you guys. It's an eight. It's a solid eight. Eight. Makes my maths easy enough. Very often that happens. Yeah, not very easy. Not very often it's easy for me. An 8 out of 10 for Star Wars. Not a surprise to anybody uh, that we would give it a, a, a high score. Uh, 8 out of 10, Star Wars. And have we started Star Wars now, Chris? You mentioned it as if you're going to... We haven't done a Star Wars yet. Let's keep going. Or is it... Well, I will eventually go through them. But, uh, Depends how many seasons we get off, like, kicked off the air for. Yeah. yeah. Keep donating. Uh, Poppy has just started to take an interest in Star Wars, and she wanted to watch it from the start. So I've started... Doing it there, so I tell you what. Uh, where have you, start, have you I, started with this one? Uh, no, I started with the the, the awfulness that is Jar Jar Binks. Oh, but you, you spoil the Darth Vader reveal that way. I know. The, uh, I don't know what it is. I know. But as a kid, I grew up with the Ewoks cartoon. Um, it's definitely worth a watch, Chris. Get those bad boys on, especially for little okay. Sam. He'll love it. <laughs> uh, okay. And uh, I mean, you mean like you how I should watch uh, Jackass Four with the kids? Yeah, it had a big monster start. at the start. <laughs> it had a big dinosaur. Uh, around this time, we normally try and guess themes and all that, but Chris's futuristic things that have been invented theme is going strong. So on to next time, and it's an unnamed random wheel of randomness that picks films for us uh, this oh. time. Uh, and Chris hasn't seen it yet, Andy, has he? So uh, he's not seen oh, it. Changed yet. it. I need to uh, be prepared for a random pick. Why? Because oh, yeah. I might go off. Oh my, yeah, because it could be a list. Uh, can oh, you yeah. guys? Can you can you guys see it? The wheel oh. is visible. <laughs> right. We're supporting Ukraine, by the way. Yeah, the blue and yellow is the shout out to the people of Ukraine. Big, right. big listenership over in Ukraine. So. Right. Here we go. You ready for the spin? Yes. All right, we're spinning. We don't get the funky music anymore, so we don't get the funky. I still do. Right to my head. Oh, we're slowing down. Oh, 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 oh. lucky. No! <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, it looks like it says Greece to me. Uh, it's Greece. Greece. That's not come from my my line of uh, options for the wheel of uh, a musical Chris. Chris is on the record as loving musicals. So uh, We've <laughs> never crazy. done a bad musical on the podcast. I feel like every time we've done a musical, it's actually been quite fun. We've liked it. And I'm not sure I've ever seen Grease all the way through. I know it's the songs from it. But and this is like John Travolta's second, second outing as well. So here we go. What do we have from John Travolta in? Look who's talking. Look who's talking. One of our more successful episodes. Look how annoying he actually looks destroyed. Have you seen Grease before, Chris? Right, okay, that's bad. Bad news. Then. The kids can watch it, they'll love that. Sing along. I might just <laughs> Andy and go full on troll hunter on the show. <laughs> <laughs> speaking song, that's the only thing. Yeah, <laughs> 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 
And there you I go. Don't... We're already way over time. So uh, there you go, everyone. Uh, possibly seven days. We'll, next time you'll we'll watch Greece. Uh, get it. Andy and Bruce. I'm not here. I'm a. We'll catch you next time on the Ten Foot Podcast. <laughs>